Hi, this is Bron Burton, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page. This is Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty. My name's Bron Burton. And I'm the cabin boy. How are you, cabin boy? Very good. I don't think I've been in here for a while. Well, you know when you jump in your car and your phone says you are going here and puts it up? Yeah. Didn't do it. So oh. um, normally, yeah, so maybe Big Brother's not watching as closely as we think. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, you can hang on to that. Oh, really? <laughs> Don't buy that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so I better stop doing what I'm doing, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you very much, Tim Thorpe, for a wonderful six hours of Vital Bits. Uh, yeah, just lovely radio all weekend. And uh, thank you very much for Andrew, to Andrew for Soulful Bits and to Edith for things to do today. Um, yeah, love, lovely programming, Tim. As always, you can catch Tim next weekend from 6 till 9, Saturday and Sunday. We have a massive show. Uh, Cabin Boy, I'm going to let you do the honours to kick off. We have a very special guest. Yeah, I've um, I've come across uh, Mark Blanchy Blanch. He's a rock dog. We don't hold that against him. But I found out that he's been at sea for a month. So uh, yeah. we've got him in the studio and we're going to have a chat with him pretty soon. About that personal first-hand experience of being on a boat for six months. Well, yeah. Uh, on a, oh, c- a month. <laughs> That's a leaky boat. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> No. Hopefully it wasn't leaky. <laughs> no, he's here, so he survived. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, looking looking forward to very much to speaking with Blanchy, and uh, he's he's you know he knows a thing or two about the marine environment. We have little chats at, at community cup training about all kinds of I know. marine a, things. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to have to find out. Yeah, he's a man of many talents. Yes. Now I had um, <laughs> I had mistakenly put in our Facebook in our socials that um, Dave Donnelly was going to do a, a uh, an update on whale migration. Patterns, um, completely forgetting, of course, that Dave is in Tonga. Which we, re- re- we resent because, yeah, he's in Tonga yeah, and we're here. And we're not. So, yeah. But um, explaining why Dave didn't get back to me with any of my texts, but I'm thinking, oh, this is unusual. It's not usually Dave's, like, you know, pretty onto it. One of those great people that responds within 10 seconds of something. And I thought, oh, maybe he's dropped his phone overboard or something. But yes, anyway, he's in Tonga. So, hi, Dave. If you're streaming or listening, we'll catch up with you soon. But we have got lots of news um, and things to bring you up to speed. Um, then uh, it's that time of the year, Cabin Boy. It's National Science Week yes. coming up. And we've got a special guest in. We do. So we're going to be speaking with Chief Scientist from Museums Victoria, Dr Tim O'Hara, about National Science Week at Museums Victoria. And they've got an amazing um, set, a schedule of workshops, exhibitions, lectures and education programs, including a really great looking session called Wonders of the Deep Sea. So you can join Tim as he kind of takes you through all of the great discovery work that he's been doing over the years on the CSIRO research vessel, The Investigator. Because he has been out and about on that boat a fair bit, hasn't he? Yeah. Kind of discovering all kinds of new creatures. Oh, amazing stuff. So he's coming in, which is very exciting, and um, he can let you know what that session's all about and how you can get along. And then we're going to cross to San Remo um, to speak with Cade Mills, our own Cade Mills. He's down there uh, actually right now. He'll be doing a briefing with a bunch of people going down there. The Sea Slug—I oh, wish they would change their name to Nerdy Watch. <laughs> the Sea Slug Census is kicking off the latest one. It's a Sunday San Remo Sea Slug Census. There we go. I got there. Um, taking Rockpool Rambling to the next level. So well, pretty cool. I've we go down to Phillip Island a fair bit, and I'm amazed that I didn't realise that that 
like that tidal zone there just in San Remo is so full of life and that. So, yeah, uh, yeah so that's going to be interesting to find out. And glad to see that the surf mustn't be up today because uh, Cade's after sea slugs rather than out surfing. So that's good to see. Yeah, yes. good point, actually. Mm. Mm. Very good. All right, so that's our show. Um Shall we take a look at the weather, Kevin Boy? We shall because uh, it's not too bad out. It's cold, but I don't think it's too windy out there. Um, if you are heading out on the water, low tide is at Port Phillip Heads, is at 7.48. And uh, if you're after more of a little bit more water, 2.51pm is the high tide. The weather today, possible shower around with a top of 14. Monday, partly cloudy, 15. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 15. And by this stage, everyone's tuning out about the weather, so I won't go any further with that. But uh, winds westerly 15 to 20 kilometres, tending southwesterly in the morning, then becoming light in the late afternoon. Sounds like a perfect day to be out on the water. Yeah. It was um, blowing gal yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we had a few branches down and I'm thinking, oh, geez, you wouldn't want to be out on the water yesterday. No. It would have, it would have challenged anyone um, susceptible to seasickness. Uh, we've got time for a couple of quick uh, plugs. I believe you have one there, Cabin Boy. Well, I just want to, if anyone likes a good sing-along, um, the Mission to Seafarers is uh, holding sea shanty sing-alongs. So it's an evening of sea shanties and folk songs. You go along and they lead it. So, um, you know, there's someone there. So forget karaoke. Go down and sing some sea shanties. As I said, it's at um, the Mission to Seafarers, which is a have you have you been down there yet? It's no, but I know the building. I've actually oh. I've seen it from the outside. I really want to go. We had the CEO in quite a few, well, maybe last year to talk about yeah. the building and all that. And there's a little bar in there that the public are welcome to go to and it's a function thing too if you want weddings, funerals, whatever, you can have that down there. But Thursday night, every Thursday night from 7 to 10pm, uh, you can get along there and clear the lungs, have an ale or two and sing some sea shanties. Brilliant. It's that really interesting-looking dome building, isn't it? Yes, it's um. It's on Flinders Street at the bottom end of Flinders Street. Seven one seven Flinders Street in the Docklands. I have noticed that they're starting to build um, multi-story buildings. I'm gesticulating about that, but um, it's still it's heritage listed, yeah. of course. It's I forget Spanish something or other the architecture, but it is absolutely amazing, and they still look after the seafarers there too. Excellent. While we're doing plugs, uh, a couple of weeks ago we had Ben Francis Shelley on the program, our uh, our in-house coastal paleontologist, um, talking about a fossil expo that's happening in Beaumaris today. So this is being presented by Bayside Earth Sciences Society and MESAC, the Marine Education Group, presenting their annual fossil expo and uh, really sort of taking a good look at the incredible richness of the fossil record down um, Mornington Way, down at Fossil Beach on the Mornington Peninsula, Victorian Surf Coast and, of course, along the Beaumaris foreshore. So that's happening today. Uh, You can get down there if you've got a a fossil kind of kicking around at home that maybe you've sort of inherited or picked up from somewhere, um, Ben can help you identify it. Um, So this is on at the Beaumaris Secondary College Auditorium, 117 to 135 Reserve Road, Beaumaris. And, um, yeah, just get down there. The tickets are $5 each or $8 for a family. So what ben, a great way to spend the day. Ben would be so excited to, uh, if you brought a fossil down for him, wouldn't he? Yes, he would indeed. <laughs> um, one really quick uh, but very important announcement to make, and I think for those of you out in our dive community, you'll already be aware of this. Um, very sad and unexpected news of the passing a couple of days ago of Luke English from Red Boats. So Luke was founder of Red Boats. 
Um, very significant dive charter, uh, but way more than that. And um, I think the, the impact of Luke's loss across the Melbourne diving community is really testament to how much he was loved and valued by everybody. So, um, yeah, just wanting to really mention that and acknowledge that and uh, just really sending all of our heartfelt condolences out there to the Melbourne diving community in particular and to Luke's family, friends, and loved ones. There is a gathering happening this afternoon. Uh, it's at 463 Browns Road Rye from two o'clock. And uh, they've just asked if you could please BYO drinks and a plate of something to share. So, um, yeah, just sending out our our love and our sympathy yeah. and our condolences to everyone. Sad and to hear. Very, yeah, very sad news. All right, 9-11, you're listening to Radio Marinara here on 3 R, and we're going to play a track now. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Blanchie uh, about his experiences out there on a commercial ship. This is from R's current album of the week. It's by Beverly Glenn Copeland. The album's called The Ones Ahead, and uh, this track is called Harbour. Triple R. We've got a very special guest in the studio. Uh, he's lit many a film set. He never misses a beat when he's behind a drum kit. He's an actual rock dog, and he's also quite a mean centre on the netball courts across Victoria. He's got heaps of style, and he's very kind-hearted, and he's recently spent a month at sea. Mark Blanchy Blanch, welcome to uh, Radio Marinara. G'day, thank you. It's um, quite special to be here. I've uh, known you both... Uh, Mostly around the training grounds uh, for football, for the Community Cup and, uh, and listen to your show many times uh, and to be here is uh, quite something else. It's awesome to have you here and I was saying before that we've had, um, we've had you and I have had sort of conversations, you know, during training, usually yeah. kind of when we're having a little break or maybe, you know, the beginning. But um, yeah, you, you've, you've got that real interest in the marine environment yeah. um, and connections all over the place. So yeah. Great to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah. You've studied in a maritime college, haven't you? Well, yeah, I did study there over in Fremantle and that was for ROV, so that's a remotely operated vehicle, so the robots you send uh, subsea, yeah. Oh, cool. How did I not know that, Blanche? <laughs> oh, no, there's too many things to know. <laughs> I, know. I feel like we're just scratching the it's surface a deep chest. here. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been at sea for, what, the last month? Yeah, about a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I kind of got an idea on Facebook that you're on a barge getting towed off off Sri Lanka. Yeah, that's right. We uh, we went to Dubai. We were there for a few days. It was um, around about 50, 52 degrees. I think it uh, oh, wow. reached. It was quite uh, quite hot, and uh, we were there for a few days, and then um, our vessel was towed uh, from Dubai down to Colombo. So, uh, as I described, it, a pretty Quick walking pace at yeah. top top speed. So it's a few thousand kilometres, and uh, we did. We went down the coast of uh, Iran, yeah, wow. Pakistan, and India, and uh, hopped off in uh, Colombo. So, what was your role on the boat? Uh, I was there. It was the boat was out there for a training sessions. So I was uh, doing some work to enable the other guys to do their training. Okay. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's the routine on a commercial ship like you're there? Well, you're, you're at sea for a month, so it's, uh, you're constantly there. Are you on for like eight hours? Do you get a bit of time off or what? Okay, so on these particular vessels, we're a 12-hour shift, so yep. two shifts over the 24 hours. Um, and on this one, we were 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. shift. So I was fortunate I was on day shift. Yeah. But, yeah, it's we had about... 
28 days of 12, 12 hour shifts. Yeah. So what, is this something you've always wanted to do? Have you sort of, it's one of those things that you sort of, your pathway eventually just led you there or was it something that you've you sort of planned to do for a long time? So you're asking, how can I get involved? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know that I, I don't know that I'd manage. Mm. It's, a, it's a big thing to be a month at sea um, in, have you been, have you been there before? Was, did you? Well, this is something I started in about 2003. I didn't know it existed and somebody mentioned an opportunity to me. And I, they said, oh, you'll be working 28 days in a row. You'll have half an hour for lunch. And at that time I was working, you know, like eight-hour days. We'd have an hour for lunch. So you were working on film sets at that stage? No, back then no. I was an automotive electrician working on cars. <laughs> yeah. And so I couldn't even understand the concept of working a 12-hour day, let alone 20, 28 in a row and yeah. having only half an hour for lunch. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, well, this sounds pretty incredible. I'm, I'm an enthusiast. I'm a celebrator. And I'm a very sensory person. So I just thought, this is an adventure I have to have a look at. If I can't do it, I can't do it. So that was 2003. And then I worked in it over a period of about 11 years and then... I've had a big break, never thought I'd go be out there again and it's been about eight, nine-ish years and then I, somebody contacted me a few months ago and uh, next minute... You're back out there. I am, yeah, oh, and it's wow. been good. Wow. So is it kind of... Is it, it feels a little bit like how people d- work when they're in working mines and you fly in, fly out. Is it a bit like that or is it is it more sort of casual? It's, it's very similar to that. Um, yeah, basically we'll we'll head out there to the vessel and then we're out there for the whole month. So yeah, you basically live out there. So it's it's pretty much is flying, fly out yeah. exactly. Oh, on your time off, so twelve hours on, twelve hours off. I did notice on uh, Facebook you had a pool table on board, yeah. and the ball must have been challenging. It was never playing still. pool at sea, but you did play. Uh, yeah, I did did share some videos of that on my Facebook because I thought it was. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I love these things. And uh, we did play. It was hard to convince people that, oh, like, you know, all the youth, you know, they took it a bit seriously. And it's just like, no, we'll, we kind of play it, you know. We'll set the balls up as soon as you're ready. We'll lift that the triangle off, have your shot, and then whichever ball goes in first, whether it's off your strike or it just goes in by itself, that's your... Yeah, so we kind of chase the balls and, and go with the flow, which was really <laughs> fun. You'd be literally running around the table at times. I'd imagine that it would be your turn you'd say, nah, just wait five minutes and five <laughs> balls would be potted. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably need to bring in a little egg timer or something for that. <laughs> so how else did you spend your time? Like that's a fair bit of time with other people too in a confined – well, it's a big barge I'd imagine, but you're still quite confined to your crew quarters. Yeah, on that vessel there are about – around about 270 people. Okay, um, fair few. And you get quite a bit of diversity. So mm. downtime, uh, particularly if we, we had some bad weather, so bad that the elevator on board wouldn't work. So we had to go up and down, you know, minimum oh, wow. six flights of steps, uh, stairs to get anywhere. But um, I'd spent a lot of time looking over the side, <laughs> looking for other ships and just watching the ocean. It's so beautiful mm. out there. You know, I'd say to some people, look at this, isn't that beautiful? Look at the size of that swell. And they'd be like... Oh, it looks the same as yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, oh, maybe this job's not for them. But, you yeah. know, it's one of the best things about being out there. Every day you see a sunset or a sunrise. Yeah, and you can see why people go mad though, can't you? Like it's just that same monotony and you do start to see things. 
Yeah, yeah. In, in ways I kind of have regarded it as a bit of a human, like a psychology experiment yeah. because we are, we're out there, we're stuck out there and mm-hmm. sometimes you have minimal to no uh, communication with back home. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I've loved about it um, is that people from all around the world are there. So, yeah. you know, I learn little bits of languages. I've made friends from all around the world. I've even made connections with the darkness. So when they come out, with the I hang out with them, you know, because of these wonderful multinational connections That's I get when I'm out there. The darkness, yeah. 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 No, when you said the darkness, I thought, oh, They're amazing. Geez, no, where are you going it's with this? Taking, some, this is taking a turn. Yeah, <laughs> some psychological <laughs> thing here and it's like, oh, oh no, it's a band. There's plenty of dark aspects to the yeah. to what we do. It's it's a big thing. It's a big so, thing. So 270 people on this boat mm. coming from all over the world. Yeah. Um, how did you go with language? Were there language issues in terms of did, was there, did everyone speak a common language? And I'm assuming that would be English. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I mean, it's it's one of those things you can learn some basics, and then, mm. and I think perhaps we may have all travelled here. You can travel, and you know, there are ways we can communicate. You Body know? language and yeah, expressions. yeah. I'm thinking of romances and things, but um, <laughs> not on board. Um, well, I didn't none on board there, but um, not that you're aware of anyway. No, no, no. But mm. um, you do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a kind of person who's very observant and I'm super keen to know and learn. So, yeah. you know, I learn as much as I can, but, you know, you can only do so much when there are so many languages. So I just try to learn the basics so I can show my colleagues or my mentors out there some appreciation and, and some respect. So that's, that's how I go about it, yeah. yeah. And food-wise, how was it, you know, like because, again, it's a multinational kind of thing. It's, mm. yeah, so that would be a hard, a hard yard for the chef. Well, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but on this particular vessel, it wasn't terrific. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't terrific. Just basics. Look, I can say this though: twice, two days of the week, they would actually put the handles on the ice cream machine for us. So they were quite uh, generous. <laughs> two days. <laughs> yeah, we had access to the ice cream two days a week. They ha- literally had handles on it. All right. In in what did you say? Fifty degree temperatures. Oh, that was when we were in Dubai. Once right. we are on the vessel, we kind of went down more to the tropics where it, it cooled down but just it, it became more humid. But it was all air-conditioned inside. Yeah. So. yeah. And so you, I'm assuming you'd have to be really careful with hydration and making sure that you stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah. You, you're expected to drink, uh, I think it's maybe about 12 litres a day or something of oh water. Oh, my God. Yeah. No alcohol on board, though? No, you pour no alcohol on board. No, no <laughs> alcohol on board. Definitely, uh, um, there would be some sea life. Did you uh, any anything of interest? Saw a few whales spouting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's the word? Is it spouting? Spouting. Yeah, we'll go with they that. They blow off their little <laughs> their little valve. Yeah, um, I think we saw some dolphins. Mm-hmm. Some years ago, I was on a vessel and uh, we were holding an Anzac Day uh, dawn service, and I think I'd taken the flag uh, operating process or roll and I looked down it was like absolutely beautiful red dawn yeah and we had just beautiful rolling swell and then I just saw this pod of dolphins there may maybe a hundred dolphins wow all just yeah. porpoising dolphins porpoising yeah <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't yeah. believe it I couldn't believe it yeah you know? like I could not believe that I was out there we were on a heli deck mm. you know paying respects to people and, yeah. and a very solemn thing and the, the beauty of nature, that the sunrise, just complete red environment. 
And these hundreds of dolphins. It was incredible. incredible. The dolphins. They make Amazing. up for the boredom, doesn't it? Like 10 hours of boredom and then you see that and it's like, yeah, it's all worthwhile. Oh, I, I try not to think too much about the boredom. I try to don't celebrate go the darkness. Yeah. special, you know, situations. Will you go again? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's more coming up. Yeah, yeah. As long as I, um, you know, keep my uh, mouth closed and <laughs> be a nice boy. <laughs> Where's, do you know where the next trip's likely to be? Uh, not at the moment, Okay. No, no. Will you come back and report on it? I can do Love if you Patty. want. If yeah, I'm not. and then we're going to line you up with a regular segment and that qualifies you to play for the megahertz. You realise our long-term <laughs> plan here. Oh, well, it could be interesting. I do, I do absolutely, genuinely love a lot of the megahertz players. I do. I love our and the other ones. You don't. Which well, is there a third team? No, no, no. Just you generally oh. like love a lot of, but not all. Yeah. No, we'll leave that be because um, well, yeah, we, we spoke about diversity. Today, I know, which which means you know there's there's light and dark. Yes, yes. that's right. And it's all about it's all balance. Good. And as yeah. a drummer, we're not going to talk about timekeeping. Well, we kind of need to because we've got our next guest. <laughs> I know, but just I'm, I'm referring to the five. Oh you know, right, right? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going there, <laughs> cabin boy. We weren't going to no. go there. Oh but jeepers! If we're going to go there, you are a rock dog. You do play, and this is another nice tie-in with a whale called Phoenix. So a shout out to Jimmy. Um, oh yeah. I'm going to ask this, and I. This is a problem with every musician. When's the next gig? Uh, yeah, not sure. See, I, I knew it. <laughs> look, I can say I was at the gym last night, as I have been maybe five times this week, crazy times. <laughs> but I did see on the poster there, Jimmy's going to be there solo, I think, on, oh, great. perhaps on a Sunday or something nah, this so that's month. Jimmy this Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Give us yeah. the details. Always happy to plug. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. All right, big thanks, Mark. Yeah, oh, sorry, Blanchy. yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll uh, catch up with you soon. Well, we'll catch up personally, but, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up when you come back from your next big sea adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Some sea shanties. And um, it's oh, yeah. been an absolute pleasure and um, very grateful to be here with you on a Sunday morning. It's Fantastic. great. It's Let's beautiful. do it again. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Blanchie. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 Triple R. 29 minutes to 10, you're listening to Radio Marinara here on 3 Triple R. A couple of things to mention and um, then we're going to play some music for you. Uh, the Top Dog Film Festival, we mentioned this last week, wanted to mention it again because the first screening, um, there are two. The first one is happening this Wednesday, 9th of August at Ge- in Geelong at the Village Cinemas. So this is a two-hour cinematic celebration honouring the bond between dogs and their people. It's wonderful. I've been before. Um, the second screening will be at the Astor on the 29th of August, so we'll mention that one. But the Poster poster child for this year's Top Dog Film Festival is Spike. The surf dog. So, Spike the surf dog. Oh, cool. So there he is. He's, oh, wow. he's literally the poster dog yeah, yeah. child. So um, thanks, Rob, for sending this one in to us. And um, there is a uh, segment about Spike in the Salty Dogs theme. Oh, cool. So uh, make sure you get along to that this Wednesday, 9th of August, 6.30 at Village Cinemas in Geelong and then at the Astor on the 29th of August. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to I'm probably going to go to the Astor one, I reckon. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, second thing to mention is uh, now, this is very exciting, Triple R presents Winter Wild t- August 25 to 27 in Apollo Bay. Um, we have a double pr- pass prize, so please don't call, but double pass prize to Dane Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughter. Uh, it is Saturday, August 26th at Apollo Bay Mechanics Institute Hall. Your name will be on the door. So just uh, giving a bit of info here, Winter Wild returns to Apollo Bay for three days this August, celebrating the rugged coastline of the Otways 
with fire, music, food and art, featuring performances from Jen Cloer, Harvey Sutherland, DJ, Dane Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughters, Zoe Fox and the Rocket Clock, Sid O'Neill and more. Tickets and more info from winterwild.com.au. Now, if you are a Triple R subscriber, you'd like to head along, you can go to rrr.org.au to enter the competition. We have a few double passes to give away to Dane Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughter, which, uh, as I mentioned, Saturday, August 26th at the Apollo Bay Mechanics Institute. So just, yeah, get to rrr.org.au. That is a great little festival. I already have my tickets for Jen Clower and Zoe Fox and the Rocket Clocks. So, um, yeah, I've been last couple of years and it's there's little bonfires along the shoreline. It's just... Uh, it's a little bit of a dark festival, but it's okay. fantastic. So, yeah, it's well worth getting down there. And Apollo Bay in winter is pretty amazing. Oh. So, yeah. And to see Jen Cloer too at the little Institute Hall, I'm looking forward to it. Magnificent. You'll have to report back on that one, Cabin Boy. Will do. <laughs> and in just a moment, we're going to be joined in studio by Dr... Is he doctor or professor? We'll have to ask him. Chief scientist anyway. (laughs) Tim O'Hara from Museums Victoria talking about National Science Week. While we line up, Tim, I'm going to play this track now. This is for you, Professor Pete. You know you're listening. Hope you enjoy this. This is uh, Darla Horn. It's taken from the Glass Castle soundtrack back in 2017 and hope you enjoy this one. It's called Don't Fence Me In. Melbourne's own Triple R. Well, friends, it's that time of the year, National Science Week, Australia's annual celebration of science and technology. This year to celebrate, Museums Victoria brings a jam-packed schedule of workshops, exhibitions, lectures and education programs for science lovers of all ages. Of particular interest to our Marinara listeners will be Wonders of the Deep Sea, special evening on Wednesday 16th of August at Melbourne Museum Theatre. Also online, you can join Chief Scientist Dr Tim O'Hara to take a trip of deep sea discovery of creatures as weird and wonderful as deep sea batfish, blind cusk eels and sinuous brittle stars. To tell us all about it, it's with great pleasure. We welcome from Museums Victoria back to Triple R. Always a pleasure, Chief Scientist Dr Tim O'Hara. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Great to be here. It's great to have yeah. you here. Now, uh, before we get into National Science Week, you were here recently, I don't know if you're here in person, on um, our Triple R Breakfasters show presenting the weekly Feature Creatures segment. I was, yes, the zombie worm. Yeah. <laughs> the zombie worm. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it's not a great name from my perspective. It sounds good. It's got a definite cool factor. But it's, um, you know, these, these are more like bone-sucking worms. You know, these are the things that empty a whale skeleton of all its kind of oil, you know, in in the in the bones and in particular the, the ribs and various other parts. So, yeah, so they're really bone-eating, bone-munching worms. You've just made them sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> very, very important creatures, though. Yeah. have a very important role to play. But they don't play. have teeth or anything, you know, they just sort of suck the oil up, you know, through yeah. their body walls. Okay, yeah. stop it. Yeah. Very, very Halloween. What's their, do you, know, do you know, I'm putting you on the spot, what's their, do you know their um, scientific name? Osidax. Okay. Yeah. I like that too. There should be a band yeah. called Osidax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie Maybe we bone can get Blanche to start worms. one. The guy who named them was Australian and there was some suggestion he was saying Aussie Dax as in short because <laughs> ah. that's what they look like. But I don't know if that's just a rumour or, you know. There's always a reason behind yeah. the naming, isn't there? And it's always interesting. There should be something, a paper about that. Yeah. Why did, yeah, Sounds the like a, it's uh, origins. very, very yeah. metal sounding. Yeah. Uh. Um, now, you've been on our program several times over the years um, talking about the amazing work that you and your colleagues do, um, particularly the deep sea. Uh, was this something you always wanted to do? 
I'm going to be. I'm just going to go back. Tim, well, go back. Yeah, Tim and I childhood. went to uni together. I'm, yeah. one, I'm thinking back to those days. Yes. Was it something you wanted to do? No, back then? there was very much shallow water then. But I suppose <laughs> you know, as a scientist, you're always going for things that need to be done. You know, like it's actually what area needs to be looked at the most. And and gradually, I've ended up in the deep sea, in the abyss. You know, yeah. <laughs> because because there's so much abyss around the planet. I mean, fifty percent of the world or the earth is covered in deep sea. You know, so I mean, not just you know. Deep as in scuba diving deep, deep as in four kilometres, five kilometres deep. Dark deep. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, people talk about the blue planet, but we should be the dark blue planet. <laughs> planet. <laughs> because really, you know, there's, yeah, there's so much deep sea out there. And we know so little, you know, so. And this exactly. There's yeah. so much we don't know. And there's so much we need to know. And this work is so critical. And yeah. it, it's, it's for the purposes of understanding what's there, but it's also so that we can understand what how we need to protect it. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And just understand how the animals live and understand where they, they occur, you know, and where where should we put marine parks, you know, all those sorts of questions, you know. It's really an issue. And there's, it's now bubbled up to the UN as well. So the UN is now considering what to do with all these high seas, how can we create parks in the, in the middle of the oceans as well as around each of the continents. So critical. Yeah. Um, when you came in last time, we talked about some of the work that you did on a, um, a trip that you'd done on the investigator and there was just so much information that had come through, so many samples of creatures that had never been seen or discovered yep. or written about before. How are you going with that? And when I say you, I mean obviously the, 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 <laughs> the team whole. of people who work with you as well, but yes. Um, yes. describing it like taxonomous yes. heaven, this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, really, really. I mean, there's... There's so much there, and it's um, it is a slow process because you know every time you you find what you think is a new species, you've got to go through the the process of trying to work out how it compares to every other one. Mm. You know, so it becomes a really long and complex task to sort of say, yeah, this is definitely new. Um, genetics is helping. You know, we do DNA regularly now from all the species, and that's fantastic because you can actually then sort of understand how the seas are related to each other. You know, like when did the animals in Africa from those in Australia or, you know, how are we related to the animals in the Atlantic? You know, that's fantastic. So, yeah, it's sort of really bringing that information in has just made all the difference. When you bring up these creatures from the depth, are they still maintaining their shape? Like, aren't they, you know, after all that pressure and you bring them up to the atmospheric, are they, you know, I don't know, the myth is that they explode because... uh, yeah. So are they still looking what they look like? Deep I don't know. Down? That's a myth. I think it actually happens. It does it? It, I don't it, know. it does. Well, it does happen to certain depths, you know, because fish have fish bladders that mm. enable them to go up and down. But they stop working in a really deep depth, uh-huh. you know. So so nothing has a gas pocket in it in really deep depth because oh, okay. it, it just it would be death to the deep, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if if you had any sort of gas in there. So yeah. I mean, the humans can't survive. We'd just be squashed like a little sausage. But yeah. um, you know, the yeah. So the so things are adapted. And yep. they've they've actually adapted to pressure. Um, it, sometimes they're alive. It, it's actually when you, particularly when you're researching in the tropics, if you do actually bring up any animals, they they tend to um, not like the surface, the mm. temperatures in the surface waters, and so they're they're pretty kind of because it's temperature yeah. too, isn't it? Yeah. Down there, yeah. yeah, it's really cold down there. It's mm. like one or two degrees. That water originated at the poles. Mm. You know, it's heavy kind of, you know, Antarctic water sinking down to the deep. Yeah. Let's get into National Science Week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real topic. Yeah. We, well, no, it's all part of it. Well, there goes the third track. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I got off the third track about ten minutes ago, <laughs> Captain Boy. Um, 
So great program lined up by Museums yeah. Victoria, as always. Yeah. Um, the headline on the press release that came through to us grabbed me straight away. Black holes, deep sea batfish, sea bunnies unleashed at Museums Victoria for National Science Week. Big program lined up. Yeah, really, really. I mean, we'd like to excite people with science, you know, and it's a really important thing to do, particularly, you know, for, for high school students, trying to get them in. Um, yeah, so, so we really go all out to try and make it exciting as well and, and, and actually show that it's feasible to have a, <clears throat> a scientific career, you know, um, actually get up in front of people and say, yeah, look, I've done it. Uh, you can do it, you know. I mean, actually think big if you want to follow your passion in that way, you know. So Yeah, that's right. It's open yeah. day season too. All the universities are having their open yeah. days right now too. So, yeah. Definitely. Uh, let's go through the program. Um, I'm going to kick off with a, a big one. Future Forums, David Suzuki in conversation. Yeah, he's a legend, isn't he, really? Yeah. I mean, he's been around for a while, but I saw a quote from him today. Um, it was something like, we can't afford not to be optimistic about the future of the world. And I thought that was great. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we, we hear so much depressing news, but we've got to maintain our optimism that we can kind of turn things around and we can have a better, greener planet. Yeah, Tim Winton had a similar um, thing that he, he used, uh, I say quote, yeah. but it was something that he said in yeah. uh, in his series Ningaloo Ningaloo where he was talking about hope. It's a very similar yeah. thing. Hope is what you make. Yeah. It's it's something that you consciously do. Yeah. 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 And I think animals, you know, out there, they have evolved to, to different temperature regimes. I don't, I wouldn't write life on Earth off, you know, like I think there, there is a lot of power and evolution and power in, in uh, animals' abilities to survive. So uh, as long as we don't stuff them up too much, I think yeah. they'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've got uh, Future Forum's David Suzuki in conversation. We'll put a link to this on our Facebook page so you can go and find all this information for yourself. There's science on show, uh, bite-sized science. I'll get to yours uh, in a minute, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip over that for the moment and come yeah, back to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then there's non-marine but very important science stuff. Um, Dr Shane will will uh, be very unhappy if I <laughs> skip over all the space stuff. So uh, Black Hole's Journey into the Unknown with Dr Tanya Hill, uh, Beyond the Screen, Tiny Tours, which is looks very sweet. That's, yeah. for, that's for the little ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, we try and bring out objects. We try and bring out, you know, things for people to look at and touch and feel sometimes, you know, if they're not too precious. But, uh, you know, to try and actually bring it to reality. So we actually have scientists in the museum willing to chat to people of all ages, you know, like and inspire them and, and yeah. tell them more about the details. Are they all wearing white coats? <laughs> <laughs> and glasses, red glasses, yeah. No. no. <laughs> yeah. White is so passe in the science world. Oh. You know, yeah. um, and at Science Works as well, it's not just at Museums Victoria. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's that's true. That's uh, where too. our planetarium is and it's where Tanya works and, and, yeah, so she brings space to life in an amazing way. Yeah, great. Um, there's also a, segment, uh, a section called... Um, uh, an event, sorry, called Energy is a Superpower. There's Planetarium Nights, an endless universe. But now I'm going to focus on the one that we're very excited about, <laughs> yeah. Wonders of the Deep Sea. Yeah, so I'm giving a lecture on Wednesday the 16th and it's, you know, we can talk all we like here about zombie worms and, and you know, the short-ass feel of fish and all sorts of things, but to see them on screen. <laughs> Did you say that the short-ass feel of fish? Yes, That yes. is so Radiothon name I'm running <laughs> Named by a New Zealander, I have to say. But anyway, this will go past that. You'll um, have to say yeah. that in the accent. We might have to auction that one off. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to want to be the short-ass feel of vision. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Tim, go on. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, but, uh, you know, it, it is so much better to see these things on the big screen, you know, and, and on a, yeah, so please come along and if you want to hear more about the wonders of the deep sea, you know, and what deep sea animals are doing, because there's lots out there and they're all superbly adapted. This is not a freak show. Yeah. I'm not going to be a showing you weird and wonderful things just for the sake of it. This is to show you how superbly adapted they are and how kind of the ocean's all connected and, you know, it's a one ocean thing and we've got to look after it, so. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Because we do think they're freaks, but they're not in their natural environment. No. They've, yeah, so it's yeah. just our take on yeah, it. I mean, they it? have huge fangs and all that sort of stuff, but they need them, you know, because, yeah. like, food is scarce. You do not want to let it go mm-hmm. if, if you actually catch something. So, um, yeah, so they're all adapted like that, for, look like that for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I know you said it's not a freak show, but we've got the short ass feeler fish <laughs> and uh, I- any any other kind of <laughs> temptations. Oh, the faceless fish is always you know a big favourite too. The faceless fish. So this is a, a sort of a cusk eel that lives way down deep, and it doesn't. You can't see the eyes. The eyes are sort of well. Who needs eyes when you're down at four kilometres and there's no light, right? So, so the eyes are largely kind of reduced in size, and its mouth's underneath. So when you look at the front of it, all you see is skin. Mm. It's kind of oh. kind of freaky in a, in a little way. Although I just said I wasn't going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leave that. Leave that to us. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> to make that. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, make sure you get along. Wednesday, sixteenth yeah. of August yeah. at Melbourne Museum Theatre, um, and uh, and can, and people can tune in online. Tune in. Can I think yeah, it will be recorded, in? and so people can watch it afterwards. I think um, maybe even at the time. I should know that sort of detail, but I don't. That's all right. We'll put that on our But come in person. I'd love to see you. Yeah. 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 I'll try and get there myself, Tim. Yeah. Cool. Good to see. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. We look forward to uh, catching up with you again. Any more trips planned? Uh, Lots of things. Not that I'm leading. I'm going to be a follower for a little bit. So there's a French trip to St. Paul and Amsterdam Islands in a year or so, which I'm really looking forward to. That's the middle of the Indian Ocean. Is that the P&O cruise or...? uh, No, this is is the... (laughs) like a bit of a holiday cruise. This is the leaky diesel. Infected oh, kind French. of <laughs> French. research vessel. Yeah. Well, I have to, to say, Blanche on board, he can fix your lens. Yeah. <laughs> Brett and I had been on small boats together. Once we were in a fire in the middle of Bass Strait, so that was that was epic, wasn't it? True. Yeah. And you actually <laughs> named a little critter after that voyage, yes, because yes. our impeller in the boat uh, broke and overheated the engine, and we had to abandon and go back. Yeah, yeah. And then what? A month later, you named off. Something, something. A little brittle staff from New Caledonia, yeah, but it looked exactly like the water pump yeah, that yeah. I spent many hours fixing. So, so that, <laughs> that trip has been immortalised in uh, science, yeah, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, Tim. No worries. Catch Thank up you. with you again soon. Sure. Triple R. We're now crossing to San Remo to catch up with our very own Cade Mills. Good morning, Cade. Good morning, Brian. How are we doing? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Mate, you could not pick a better day to come looking for sea slugs today. Plenty of people it, down there? I would say we've got over 20 people here, but it's overcast. We've had fine mist. It is like this sort of weather. You know, if you think like a slug in your garden, that's when they're out, when the weather's terrible. <laughs> so it's good spotting <laughs> weather, is it? It's exceptional, and we've actually found quite a few this morning in a very short period of time. So I can send people home having spotted their first sea slug, which is always exciting. Now, when you say quite a few, are you talking about individuals or in a few species? Both. Right. So quite a few individuals, and we've found about five species now. Um, talk us through what it's like looking for sea slugs down, and we're talking uh, nudibranchs and sea slugs because they're kind of a subset, aren't they? Nudibranchs are a subset of sea slugs. Oh, let's not talk taxonomy, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Tim O'Hara I mean, in the studio. I have to exactly. talk taxonomy. <laughs> 
Ask Tim, not me. <laughs> he would know more than I do on that front. It's yeah. a contentious issue. It's, a, it's, an in, it's an interesting thing. I always thought you had to go diving um, or snorkeling to see sea slugs, but not so. You can they're they're in rock pools. No, and it's actually great that you've got Tim in there. Tim actually wrote a fantastic article about work that was done by the field nets of Victoria to document over 120 like epistobranchs or mollusks, soft-shelled mollusks. Tim will probably be sitting there cringing. <laughs> on, this, on this rock platform or this platform at San Remo, it's incredibly diverse and it just has a huge divide, uh, my God, diversity of habitats for them to live in. That's why you see so many different species out here and you've got all that water movement, so there's lots of food and lots of chance for them to drop out of the water column. Now, Kate, I believe you've got a couple of special people there with you who've gone down to take part in today's sea slug census. I do. I roped in two people to come and have a chat. We've got Eleanor and Max, who's only 10 years old, and she dragged her mum down here today for the census. Okay. Do you want to put uh, Eleanor on? I'll pop on and on for you. Excellent. Hello. Hi, Eleanor. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Um, you're on air at the moment. Just wanting to um, really ask you about your personal experience down there um, because, of course, the Sea Slug Census is a, a huge citizen science project and it's national, uh, national it's nationwide, and um, sort of drawing on uh, interest and enthusiasm from people like yourself going down there and, and really sort of understanding what our marine ecosystems are all about. What, what led you to the Sea Slug Census this morning? Well, um Max is uh, an avid marine, um, <laughs> I guess, lover, and we live on the Mornington Peninsula. And I think just connecting a little bit more with what's around us. Uh, and I love nudibranchs, uh, but I've never seen them um, in person. So this is really exciting, and I'd like to take the knowledge that I get from today um, back home with me so I can look around my local area and, and um, be, be part of this um, amazing experience and census. That's so cool. Is it what you were expecting it would be? I think so. I'd better. I mean, we've seen so many this morning. I was prepared for nothing and it's been so exciting. Uh, so really happy we came down. Yeah, fantastic. Do you reckon Max would be up to saying a couple of words? Would you like to say a couple of words? Sure. Hey, um, hello. Hey, Max. How are you? I'm good. Great. Hey, thanks so much for um, for talking to us. Um, how have you found this morning going down there doing your first uh, first um, nudibranch search? Well, I haven't found any myself. I mean, a lot of the other people in the group have managed to find something, but I it was harder than I imagined to find them. Have you actually got to see some? Yes, I have. Yeah. Can you describe the ones that you've seen? Well... There have been some really large ones and some have been a lot smaller as well. And what about the colours? Oh, um, there have been ones with... There have been plain white, tiny white spots kind of on them or, I mean, orange spots, sorry, not white. Um, and some bright, ready coloured ones as well. Yeah, cool. Um, will you be there for a little while and, and keep looking for them? Yes, I will. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, thanks, Max. Um, would you mind putting Kate back on? Sure. Okay, thanks for joining us. Bye. 
I'm back. Yay. <laughs> excellent, excellent uh, talent scouting there, Cade. <laughs> uh, most definitely, yes. Um, it's been fantastic. Everyone comes here with such a great attitude um, of, well, I'm not going to find anything. So the bar's set low and <laughs> I've over-delivered today. It's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. How long will you be down there for today? Uh, so we've technically finished up at 10, but I'm not going to leave. Conditions are perfect, and we're just going to keep on going for probably the next hour before the water chases us up the shoreline. Yeah, great. So if you're down the San Remo Way, you can head down to the... Whereabouts should people go in look the left for the bridge? All, look for all the people around under the bridge and yeah, okay. everyone going, what the hell are they doing in the rain under the bridge? And, and, that, and that's going to be you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> hey, thanks, Kate. Have a great time. We'll catch up with you uh, back in the Triple R studio soon. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, Bon. See ya. Bon, bye. Bye. Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.